Got Your Back Podstream is brought to you by Kinprint. For all your company's promotional needs, they do it all. Apparel, promotional products, using the highest quality brands. They do logo design, signage, and printing. Kinprint will promote your brand with excellence. Visit kinprint.ca. now uh to try to win um I, I guess we could get into debate is 12 games or 13 games enough um i think if you wait another 10 games um and things don't change it's probably too late so we just felt that uh um jeff and i felt that uh, it was something that needed to be done and there you have it another coach fired out the door in edmonton the more things change the more they seem to stay the same. Hey, welcome to Got Your Back, folks. Uh, much appreciated that you're joining us here on the live stream, on the podcast. Big news day in Edmonton, man. We have been talking nonstop for a week plus about this mess. And today, uh, the shoe drops and it comes to fruition. Jason Strudwick and Rob Brown are standing by. We're going to dig in with them in just a couple of minutes. Got Your Back is always brought to you by Sherwood Buick GMC. If you missed out on their Friday the 13th sale and wished you had attended, well, you're in luck. They've got a big event set to go, Black Friday. Come on down to the big store in the park, November 24th and 25th. Take advantage of the Black Friday promotions. Up to $7,000 in discounts, finance, cash, and trade-up bonus. And mention that the podcast sent you... Not only will you get specialized pricing, you'll also get three free ultimate detail packages, new or used vehicles. Go see Phil and the crew. Visit gmcpod.com. As I said, Brownie and Struddy standing by. We're going to go off script a little bit here. Bit of a different format. Going to do a little bit of what we would call, I don't know, an editorial here off the top. Had a couple of thoughts that struck me today, and I wanted to share them, and we'll throw them out there for debate as we're coming to you from our long shot studio here in the park amazing golf and a fantastic sports bar experience visit long shots with a z dot ca okay is it just me or does something feel a little bit off with the decisions that have been made and the situation as it currently stands something feels off man some hockey logic not really being adhered to. I believe that the answer to better results for this team is more accountability than there has been this season. I believe a big reason why Jay Woodcroft isn't the head coach anymore is because he had trouble getting the accountability end of things under control, right? All those mistakes we keep hearing about game after game, day after day, it's a coach's job to get them in line. And Jay Woodcroft had a tough time doing that. But in order for a coach to bring that accountability he has to be empowered by management big time. The players need to know that the box stops with him and that he is the final say. Coaches need to be put in that position and it needs to be clear with everyone. The problem is with this situation, I think not just the players, but a lot of people are looking at this situation and looking at this coaching staff and saying, who's in charge? Who's calling the shots? What's the chain of command? And I think they've put themselves in that position. With all due respect to the playing career of Paul Coffey, and it was fantastic, best Oiler defenseman ever, all those things, and I'm sure he's going into this situation with the best of intentions. Here's the issue. Chris Knobloch, his first opportunity as a head coach in the National Hockey League, right off the bat, is not empowered to bring in his own assistant coach. Remember Jay Woodcroft when he came to town? Dave Manson by his side. 
Chris Knobloch hasn't been put in that position. Instead, he's been given an assistant coach. Not just any assistant coach, right? Paul Coffey has some serious presence. Maybe in a lot of ways that will be a good thing. But Paul Coffey is also a special advisor to the owner of the hockey club. It's known he has regular conversations with Daryl Cates, and rightfully so in that role. But by dropping somebody with that role into the coach's office, I wonder about chain of command. I mean, the coach's office is kind of a sacred place, right? You sit there, you hash over ideas, you grind through it. And when you know that somebody in that office, part of their job is also to be in regular communication with the owner, is that empowering them? When the players know that to be true as well, is that empowering the head coach for this truly to be his, for everybody to know it, and to know that the buck stops with him? I think it is fair to question that. If this is successful, and it might be, Paul Coffey's presence might rattle this group into change. Paul Coffey is going in with the best intentions to respect chain of command, and maybe it'll be just fine. But I will submit this. If this works, it'll be because Chris Knobloch shows a ton of strength of character, belief in himself knowing the right way to do things, and he asserts himself big time on this situation. Because from the outset heading in, something feels off. Maybe it'll be okay. That's what struck me today. All right, time to bring in the fellas, Jason Strudwick and Rob Brown. Guys, we'll get to kind of our breakdown segment in a couple of minutes. But am I off base here, Brownie? Struds, am I am I overthinking this? Because that's what is sitting with me here tonight, having listened to that press conference and evaluated what's gone on here. Struds? It's it's unique setup. There's no doubt about it. Um, just having that that kind of that 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 flow, that chain uh, of command going through it. Um, what I, what I, I'll, I'll start with, I do, I like the fact that he is a Stanley cup winner and he knows what a winning kind of team feels like. He knows what it's looked like. The challenge for Knobloch is going to be, if he wants to do something to stick to his guns, uh, whether or not, uh, the assistant coaches like it. And that, that's not just coffee. That's the other guys as well. Cause at the end of the day, as a head coach, you have the final say, or you should have the final say in, uh, systematic or player deployment or whatever you want to talk about, you should have the final say because ultimately it is your name on the on, on the front of the ledger. So I think that's the the, the challenge for, for Knobloch. Chris is going to have to really be strong and say, this is what I believe in. This is what we're doing. And this is how we are doing it, no matter how others feel in that coaching, if he feels that strongly about it, Brownie. Well, it's funny. When uh, they announced that Woodcroft was getting let go, there was a, a time span where we didn't know who the next coach coming in was. And uh, my buddies and I were all texting. We're naming a bunch of different people. And uh, Knobloch's name never came up. And then after they announced it, I'm like, okay, well, actually, now I can see where the, why, why that kind of makes sense. And I like the fact that the Oilers went outside the box, just didn't recycle another coach that's been fired a bunch of times. When they announced the assistant coach, I got to be honest, I was, I was more surprised by that. Uh, not because Paul Coffey can't do great at this, but the fact that Paul Coffey would want to do this. I mean, Coffey, I played with him for three years. Unbelievable guy. Great team guy. Yeah. Wonderful communicator. But, I mean, he had what I would think would be the perfect job. And he's take, going from the perfect job down to being back on the bench. And I know that there's the competitive juices flow amongst uh, athletes. But I'm thinking, wow. I mean, I, I, it was one I didn't understand. So I was quite surprised by that. Uh, I do think, uh, despite uh, a lack of experience with Koff, the one thing that Koff is, and, and Strudge, you could probably, anyone that's ever met him, 
Koff is a communicator. He's a people person. You enjoy being around him. And to me, the, the player that's going to benefit the most from this is going to be Bouchard. He's a fan of Bouchard. Yeah. So hopefully he can get Bouchard playing in the right, the right way on both ends of the rink. But uh, little, I was a little surprised. Uh, now, that's, that, to me, that was only the second biggest thing that happened today. I, I was doing a lot of cooking and cleaning today in my house. I didn't get to watch the NFL today. Does anyone know the Giants score? Did you see? The, <laughs> I know that's your team. Did you see the Giants score today? Because I missed it, and I feel bad about that. Today went exactly how we wanted to. We're trying to lose. We're tanking. We're going to go yeah. right into the ground. The breakdown here brought to you by Mr. Dirk, the iconic men's clothing store here in Edmonton. Founded in 1939. If you've never been, you got to check it out. Just off Avenue and 102nd Street. Great new shop, Mr. Dirk. Has everything you need for every aspect of your wardrobe, right? Great casual clothes, great dress clothes. Um, everything that you need to elevate your wardrobe, they have. A one-stop shop for all your clothing needs. Visit MrDirk.com. Mike checks, ready? One, two, one, two. There he is. There's the big guy. <laughs> I got to be honest. Better? I thought it was too loud before. This is, <laughs> yeah. I, I think you went the wrong direction. You always want us to just mute Strutty's mic. Okay. Uh, <laughs> last point on this, and then we'll move on here a little bit, guys. But, but Strutty, do you see an issue? with an assistant coach also being a special advisor to the owner at the same time. Yeah. I think it'd be a bit of a challenge as a player, right? Cause you're, you're, you know, you're, I always thought that assistant coach was someone I could come confide in, right. About um, whatever, whatever, maybe I was having a tough time, which people wouldn't believe, but maybe making tape to tape passes or I was maybe <laughs> having a, an issue with the head coach or I was having a trouble with a, a relationship or whatever. I always felt they could someone you could kind of confide in because it kind of stopped there. It was, I felt understood the assistant coach. Um, that relationship was kind of sacred, right? They was, it was, it would kind of stop there. Now I'm not, I'm not saying Paul coffee is going to, to go anywhere and say it, but do you wonder that? If you're, you know, am I going to go talk to him and be as open and honest as I would be with maybe another coach? Because every player on the team doesn't have the same intimate relationship with every coach. You find one that maybe is more, um, that's more, you know, that, that, that relates to you more. Like Perry Perrin, he was my assistant coach in New York, and I, I knew Perry for a long time. And, you know, I, I knew where I sat in that hierarchy of players, but I felt very comfortable talking to him about, my own game, maybe the my teammates' games, not in a, in a in a way that was negative, but say, you know what, I think this guy could do this or this guy could do that, right? And kind of be open with them. Um, so it's it, it. I think it maybe gives you pause um, because you're 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 not 100 percent sure. And I'm sure Koff will talk about it and tell everybody where they're at, but I, I think it does give you some pause, Brownie. I, I agree. And when you go to talk to an assistant coach, the reason you're talking to him is because you don't want the head coach to know. That's it. You have it. Seriously. It's like, true. and true. you do, you'll go up, you'll talk about ice time. You'll talk about relationships with other guys on the team. Uh, you'll, you'll talk about, I mean, sometimes just sit and talk about home life and yeah. it's just having that, uh, a personal relationship with someone. That, it's hard having one with a head coach because he makes the big decisions. So it's easy to go to the assistant coach and Strides is right. Every team has about, there's about four or five guys that can fight in this assistant. And then the, this other assistant over here, he's got another five or six guys. It goes with which personality fits you best. And I don't think there's going to be as much a problem with Koff and the coach with a trust. And I know, and I know Koff and I would trust him, but players that don't know him as well, there would be that hesitation in the back of your mind saying, okay, I was about to talk to him about the fact that I, I think I need to play in this position more. But I mean, this is the guy that, 
best friends with the owner and 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 he's way up there and this isn't that intimate conversation with just some other lowly assistant coach because he's not this is Paul Coffey this is not a lowly assistant coach is trying to to help me here so I trust Paul Coffey but I could see there being a a hesitation to start with about what you're willing to talk to him about as a player what if there's a 100% disagreement between Chris Knobloch and Paul Coffey on how to handle something pretty fundamental? Now, I asked Paul Coffey today about kind of that chain of command thing. And, and he said, look, it's about respecting the organization. And I work for Chris. And, you know, I mean, he does work for Chris when he's down there in the room. But the rest of the time, there's that other role. So this is going to be a careful needle for Paul Coffey to have to thread here. You know, this, this really will. Because this head coach needs to be able to be himself. He needs to be able to apply his values, his principles, his wants to the situation without any hesitation whatsoever. And he needs to ask Paul Coffey his opinion and then do what he wants to do as the coach. That's going to take strength of character. And I don't know Chris Knobloch well. There's lots of good things that have been said about him. And so I would assume that's what he's going to have, what he's going to do. But Struds, that's what he's going to have to do. Well, every coach has a blueprint to to a successful team or what they think a successful team is. And, and give Knobloch credit. He's had success at the different places he's coached. Now, most guys that move up, not many coaches that lose at lower levels move up, right? Usually you have to be a winner. So most of them have been winners on some level. But he has a, a total, like 100% package of, our, of what he thinks winners look like. So he's going to try to put that on the team. So it's not just coffee. It's Stewart. It's everyone has to... They can debate, and at, but at the end of the day, it is the head coach's decision. I, I truly believe that. That is his decision about which way it goes because your name is on it. Your name is, you're wearing it, right? You're the one in the front of the media. You know, it's not Stewart or Coffee or whomever. Gully, it's, it's, it's the big guy. So I think that's it. I think the other thing that I, I find really interesting here, Brownie kind of alluded to a little bit, is, you know, Coffee doesn't have a lot of, or any assistant coaching experience. And he knows the game. There's no doubt about it. But, you know, there, there's little details within being an assistant coach. Uh, maybe, you know, at times, maybe running a practice or planning a practice plan, uh, you know, pre-scouting. You know, if you're pre-scouting the uh, power or the penalty kill for the other team, you're pre-scouting for that. Um, you know, working with players, I, you know, I think that was maybe something he did as a skill role previously. But there's a lot of little details. And, and not that you don't know the game. But there's a lot of things outside the game that are important for assistant coach to know that he's going to have to get up to speed on rather quickly. Well, and the other thing, too, that could become interesting as well, you know as well as I do, Struds, that uh, a dressing room is a private area for the players that they can be themselves without any outside influences from the GM, from the coaches, from higher up. Well, the coaches also have that exact same room where they can speak freely without fear of it getting to the media or also not fear of getting it to the general manager or the ownership. It's somewhere where they have, it's their private spot. Well, I, I no one has said where Paul Coffey is going to be next year. Now, what if Paul Coffey is the assistant coach this year and then next year he's back up into a senior role who has now been part of this private uh, office that the coaching staff is, has had for the, the course of this season. Now, again, I trust Paul Coffey and he's only going to do what's right, but that would also be again, the back of your mind this right now he's an assistant coach next year is he going to be advisor to daryl cates again or will he stay on depending probably about the success of the team and i guess how much he enjoys it gonna get to the weiss johnson sound box here guys there was disconnect 
this new management structure, this is the first big decision that they've made as a group. And I sensed a ton of disconnect, both in their comments and in some of the logic that we heard. I asked Jeff Jackson, look, this is the first big decision you made as a group. Who had the final say here? You know, that sort of was the theme of our discussion is like our consistency has is not where it needs to be. And we talked a lot last two, three days. There was no ultimate decision maker. We talked about it. I was like, what do you think? Here's what I think. And we came to the decision together. There was no ultimate decision maker. That's a problem. Organizations need an ultimate decision maker. Who's making the final call at the trade deadline on an important deal? Where does the final say lie? Either empower your GM by saying, I let Ken know what I think needed to happen. Ken made the final decision. Or say, look, at the end of the day, I'm, I'm in position in making the call right now. But to say there was no final ultimate decision maker seemed odd. And then take it even a step further. Tom Gazzola asking, you know, do you consult with the veterans when you make a decision like this? Two completely different answers back to back from Ken Holland. And from Jeff Jackson. I did talk. I have talked over the, this past week um, with with uh, some of the veterans on our team. Um, I'm not going to tell you what they said. I take the information. Ultimately, I have to make I have to make decisions. Obviously, Jeff's got a long 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 relationship with uh, with Connor. You can probably talk about that. Yeah. No. I mean, we didn't consult with the players on this decision. <clears throat> Never spoke with Connor or Leon or. Nuge or Nursery or any of the other leadership group. Um. So, and then there's one more I'm going to point out here, guys. Okay. Tom asked Chris Knobloch um, if the rest of the assistant coaches were going to maintain their roles. Now, you can't see the video here, but Tom asked the question, and the first voice you're going to hear, Chris Knobloch looked over at Ken Holland, and the first voice you hear is Ken Holland. Of the assistant coaches, I know Chris, you're coming in here. You just had a chat with them. Um, everybody's role kind of staying the same in terms of the guys that are still sticking around on the coaching stuff. Yes, yes, everything's staying the same. Obviously, there's going to be some different responsibilities. Um, I'm going to get to know them. As I said, I've only talked to them briefly. Uh, okay, this whole thing happened fast, right? I get it. But Knobloch looked over at Ken Holland, and Ken Holland went, Yes, and then Knobloch went, Yes, like. That should have been an automatic, right? Disconnect. I felt disconnect on multiple fronts here. Struds, what do you make of all this? Well, okay, let's start. Let's start with the first one. The uh, the fact that you know, or sorry, the second one, the one where, where Holland said he did talk to some players, but then Jackson didn't. I I think that what what and I, I'm I'm giving the benefit of the doubt. I believe that Holland may have talked to some players and said, hey. How are things going? Where, where are things at? And those types of conversations happen with the GM and, and the older players all the time. But I'm thinking when Jeff uh, spoke about, was asked, you know, when he talked about it, I don't think he he was saying, we didn't directly say, should we hire a different coach? Mm -hmm. So I think it's a little bit different situation there. I think there's there's kind of two questions that maybe should have been answered, but they were answered two questions. But the question answered, was but pretty direct from Tom, though, Struds. It was if you consult with players when you're when you're a leadership group when you're doing these kinds of things. Yeah, but I think I I, I think I I'm gonna give it better though. I believe that he did speak to he being Holland to, to get the players take the temperature about, and just about what like what's going yeah. on. How are the guys feeling? How how is how where's your confidence at? What's happening here? But then the flip side is that Jackson asked the question, did we ask about firing the coach? I I don't think because I agree, I don't think I'd want to be asked. Do you think we should fire Rob Brown as our head coach? 
I don't know. That's a hard thing to say. I probably I would have said never hire him in the first place. But here we are, <laughs> and we're stuck with this guy. <laughs> so I I think it's a little. I, I I'm gonna give it the benefit of the doubt uh, when when it comes to that. As far as the roles, um, I'm gonna leave that to time. And again, I'm giving a lot of benefit of the doubt, a lot of leeway here, because I would think that'd be something you'd hack out. Okay, I'm the head coach. I'm responsible for this. He's the new head assistant coach. He's doing this. Like. Everyone should know, like the goalie coach isn't changing. Dave Pelche's job not changing. Maybe Mark Stewart, maybe his job is changing as far as what he takes on. Maybe Gullies, maybe it, it changes a little bit. So there's only really two guys out of the four that need to be tweaked maybe a little bit. I'm going to go to the first thing that you talked about uh, when you asked, is there a one person that has final say? I do believe there is one person that has final say. I just didn't think they wanted to come out and say it publicly. I do that. Who is it, I think they all put it. Who is it? Well, Paul Coffey? I mean. They're okay. It's well, I mean, this is the I, first time I've covered an Oiler press conference where I honestly was not sure who to direct the questions to. There were four <laughs> of them sitting up there. I'm like, okay, hey, we got the special advisor to the owner. We got the general manager and president of hockey operations. And then you got Jeff Jackson. And I'm like, who are we asking questions to here? I Honestly, I, I don't know. But I, there would be someone would have final say. I think they would all have input. And then someone's going to say, okay, let's do it. But I do believe that one person has it, and they just think that they decided not to let everyone know who that person yeah. is. I'm going to go out on a bit of a limb here, guys. I don't believe this was Ken Holland. I do not believe that Ken Holland's solution to this problem would be fire Jay Woodcroft, hire Chris Knobloch, and install Paul Coffey as his assistant coach. I'm sorry. I, I don't, and I understand. I'm not saying they're lying to us. I'm just, they got to answer the questions we ask. This does not feel like Ken Holland's method. This does not feel like Ken Holland's decision-making. Um, I'm going to go out on a limb and say <laughs> this was not largely Ken Holland. Well, that's fair. If you look at the track record of Ken Holland, he's only ever done it once before in his career, and that was with Dave Tippett. Uh, I mean, that's, that would be a hard conversation for Ken Holland to have. I mean, okay, Woody, I know that you've got the, the best winning percentage in the history of the Edmonton Oilers coaching, uh, and we've had two fantastic years, but we're going to let you go because we feel the next guy is going to break your record. So that'd be a tough one to do. So yeah, it, it very well could have been above his head or the strong suggestion above his head. Say, hey, we need to make a change because this is the season for us. We're not waiting for next year. But I, I just go back to my, somebody, there is one guy that makes the decision, whoever that person is. I just think the Oilers right now want it to uh, make it look like it is. They all would have had input. But one person always has the final say. Anything on that, Struts? Oh, I think it's Jeff Jackson. I, I he, it's it just I think he's the guy in charge. I, I'd have a really hard time believing that in the hierarchy of the four people sitting there, he's not at the top of that pyramid. I, I'd have I just he just came in. Um, you know, Ken's time as in the hockey world is is getting near the end. You know, Paul Coffey's been around, but I know that he's you know he's been all in all the time like Jackson is going to be. And then you got the new coach in there. So I, I just, I would think if, if it, if it was a split, I think it would come down to Jackson's decision. All right. One last trip here in this segment to the Weiss Johnson sound box, 45 years. They've been in the business. Should you need a new furnace, garage heater, air conditioner, hot water tank, or any of those things serviced, they are the place to go. Edmonton's number one choice for heating, air conditioning, and public uh, plumbing services. 780-463-3096. The people, Steve, the people more than ever need the jingle to raise spirit. 
Uh, when I asked Paul Coffey a question about uh, how you manage both roles and keep the chain of command making some sense. Just a thought on how, you know, you, you handle both of those roles and make sure that chain of command and everything just all makes sense for everybody. Well, that's all about respect and, you know, the respect I have for this organization and Daryl is uh, second to none. I will say out of the gate that I wasn't lobbying for this job. I know that Ken and... Uh, Jeff had talked quite a bit. Jeff kind of said something to me the other day. Would you ever think of coaching? And I said, uh, I said, no, I'm very uh, happy with my position. I'm happy with the strategy and the conversation I had with Daryl and, and Kenny, et cetera, in the organization. And uh, uh, it kind of came about yesterday afternoon. My wife, I told her 6.30 last night. Um, that was a that was a shocker to her. Six thirty last night. Let his wife know. This sounds all like a bunch of back of the napkin stuff, guys. It's it's and it might work. Paul Coffey might have a great impact on Evan Bouchard and the blue line, and maybe it'll all function. And Knobloch will put his stamp on this thing, maybe. But there is a short runway for this team to salvage a season, and there's a pile of maybes they just loaded onto the table. It's going to be fascinating to see what works and what doesn't. Still to come on the podcast, you want to talk about it, we're going to talk about it. Ken Holland, what is his responsibility in all of this? People were furious that we didn't just rake him over the coals today with our questions. People thought today should have been us just dive bombing Ken Holland for the entire press conference. We'll go through some of that, some of what he had to say. And let's talk about Jay Woodcroft and the job he did and why he got fired. That's coming up after a short break. Tons still to come. Hey everyone, it's Kelly here from United Sport & Cycle. The wait is over. United's annual Hockey Day sale is finally here. Save 20% off on select CCM and Bauer skates. Save 35% off on all Bauer and CCM Pro Stock sticks. And save up to 25% off on select Bauer and CCM equipment. And for you goalies, save up to 20% off select Bauer, Warrior and CCM goal gear. Trust the experts at your home of hockey for over 95 years. United Sport and Cycle. If you're looking for a night out on the town and want to make sure you and your fellow fun lovers arrive safe and in style, call Ahmed Enterprises. With their stretch limos and party buses, they can accommodate groups up to 22. Servicing Edmonton and area, Ahmed Enterprises provides luxurious, reliable, professional transportation. Whether it be weddings, parties, casino nights, game night at the arena, or any occasion, give them a call at 780-231-6018 or check them out online at ahmedenterprise.com. Mention Got Your Back sent you to get 10% off your luxury ride. Are you ready to elevate your moving experience? Trusted for over 100 years, Ferguson Moving and Storage are your partners in relocation, ensuring your journey is smooth and stress-free. And say goodbye to surprises with Ferguson's transparent flat rate pricing. Contact them now for a free moving quote and use the promo code FERGUSON to receive $100 off your next move. Visit fergusonmoving.com and let them lift your expectations. Oh, the chat, the chat, the chat. I think this is smart-ass and not fair, but I'm going to read it because it's funny. Kanye Winter says, Sounds like the coaches turn the lights on at 6 a.m. tomorrow and coffee rolls in around 10 at the omelet bar. That's a low blow. And I don't think that's going to be the case. I think Paul Coffey understands there's some pretty heavy lifting to be done here. And uh, I would suspect the expectation from him 
is he'll be rolling in when the rest of the crew rolls in. Time for takeaways brought to you by Redefined Health. They specialize in total body and mind wellness. How much do you need mind wellness right now, Euler fan? Chiropractic and massage care treatments to acupuncture, soft tissue therapy, nutrition, even an on-site registered psychologist. Redefined Health is there to help you get well and stay healthy for a lifetime. Go see Dr. Tyler Fix, best name in the business. RedefinedHealth.com. Okay, guys, uh, let's dig into some accountability here. So we got Ken Holland to cover, we got the players, and we got Jay Woodcroft, and we got to try and do that in a reasonably timely fashion here. So lots of stress on my Twitter feed today. People really frustrated that we didn't aggressively go after Ken Holland in the press conference today. Like we're supposed to get in there and really hammer him on every decision that he's made and ask him, you know, how much of this is your fault? Which, you know, in hindsight, asking Ken Holland, you know, how much responsibility do you feel for this probably would have been a fair question. Um, You know, you're kind of rolling with it. I had four questions. We dug in in the areas that we thought we had to. Um, but bottom line, Ken Holland said he was looking for a goalie and that there weren't trades out there. He was looking for trades and there, they weren't there. He talked about how he left Jay Woodcroft shorthanded on his roster because of his cap decisions and how that hurt his ability to keep his players accountable. The record is what it is. The goaltending decision is what it is. It's all sitting there for everybody to see. Ken Holland certainly knows it. I think he has a big big piece of the responsibility for this team being where it is. He guessed wrong on the goalie. He he signed the wrong guy, and that's at his feet, and he'd be the first to admit that. Struds, how responsible is Ken Holland for this train wreck of a start? Well, I think there's he, he wears some of it for sure. I think the goaltending is, is definitely one. I mean, I don't think we could have predicted both Campbell and Skinner were going to have a, a tough start like they've had. But, you know, a lot of these players, I didn't hear anyone saying that, you know, uh, Nuge or McDavid or um, Leon or and these guys would have slow starts to the year. I, I didn't see anyone saying so. No one saw that coming down the pipe. So I think the players wear equal parts with their individual performances, right up to this part. Now some might have injuries. Uh, um, you know, some might be you know for whatever different various reasons we looked at um, I, I, up to this part. And you know, even the part about that, I, I I don't really buy so much the part about playing shorthanded, right? Eleven and seven or whatever they had to dress sometimes. Right. Like I I do think that the coach in this case, and I, I've been slow to use this, but you could still bench a guy for a, a period. You're not, someone else is gonna have to play twenty minutes. So I I, I think everyone wears it. It, it. it I think everyone wears a bit of this. But I mean, the goaltending one is a, is a clear one. The the Campbell signing is for sure on top of uh, Holland. Brownie. Well, it's funny. Uh, Holland has taken a beating over the last few weeks and probably more of a beating than Croft has. Yet a month ago, most of the people in the media and a lot of the fans picked the Oilers to be, uh, whether it's the Stanley Cup champions or a Final Four team, based on the roster that Ken Holland put together. That was on the goaltenders that, that he had. It was Skinner and Campbell. Everyone was picking the Oilers to be one of the top three, four teams in the league, and many picked them to win the Stanley Cup. So a month ago, everyone liked Holland's team. Now, again, when Campbell signed here, there were a lot of people at that time that said, if you look at the numbers, his numbers don't equate to being a starter at a five-year contract and $5 million a year. And at that time, it wasn't people afterwards that were saying it. There were people saying that that's not a great contract for Jack Campbell. But everybody liked this roster at the beginning of the season. And when it failed, now they started pointing fingers at Ken Holland. The same Ken Holland that they were telling had put together a team that could win the Stanley Cup. 
It's perfectly fair to lay the goaltending at his feet. He was the guy leading the charge on fixing the goaltending situation. But remember, those goalies were falling off the market real fast. None of them were coming to Edmonton. They had to get something done. It was job number one. Mm -hmm. They had a deal done with Campbell. They did their due diligence. They thought it was going to work. It didn't work. He owns that 100%. I think there are times where he hasn't grinded hard enough on contracts, right? I think, you know, the, the Duncan Keith trade, while I think Keith was a good ad, I think it's fair to say probably could have got that price down a fair amount based on other things we'd seen around the National Hockey League when you're taking salary from another team like that. I think that's fair. I think it's fair to talk about. I do think the roster shorthanded. I think you need to consider all of those things, um, you know, and, and it's your job to have that foresight. I think that's at his feet as well. Uh, you know, the Darnell Nurse contract, right? People kind of wondering and uh, about how that's going to look long-term. Uh, there's a bunch of stuff here that I think is more than fair that falls at his feet. But I do agree with you, Brownie. People weren't coming into this season thinking that this team was going to be a train wreck and that Ken Holland had botched it. Now that it's gone bad, 100% he's accountable. But I can't be the guy who thought coming into this season that this was going to be a pretty good damn team and then act like I knew all along Holland had made a bunch of mistakes. Struds. <laughs> no, it's fair. And I, and I agree. But... There is frustration. I get Oilers fans' frustration. You know, you have cousins in Calgary or cousins in Toronto or Vancouver. They're all over you. Your friends are just roasting you right now about how <laughs> how poorly this year started. So I get the frustration. So you want to take it out on someone, but you know what? Don't don't let the players off the hook here, right? I think they're the ones out there performing. Um, you know, I think Knobloch made a really interesting point saying that you know he prefers a st zone style of defense. Yeah, and I I'm not gonna I I, I refuse to suggest that Woodcroft his 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 zone style of play is what killed the you know that really made it hard for the others. Okay. You know, in most minor hockey teams, in junior in like kids hockey, 10-year-old hockey, you teach them to play five on a die. Everyone has a responsible for an area. So that starts at 10 years old. These guys are 25 years old. I, I don't know it's not that hard to figure out. Someone comes in your area, that's your guy. Well you're right, Strats all the teams that there's only I mean there's nothing really new that you learn when you get to the NHL. Yeah. You've done it at some point, whether it's college, junior, midget. So all these players are capable. And I, I agree with you. The, the players have to own it. I've been on teams where the coach has been fired, and you feel guilty. And that When you get a coach's bump, when a new coach comes in, it's not the new coach coming in with new ideas those first five, seven games. There's two things. There's one, you feel guilty. Because you, it's something that you as a team, the good teams, coaches don't get fired. So you've underachieved. And the other one is there's now you're trying to impress the new guy. You're trying to say, okay, uh, this, this might get me more ice time, or I was getting good ice time after the, from the other guy. I better make sure I play well. So that's where the bump comes from. But this is a team that's underachieved, and it's a bunch of a, a number of players. I think Fogel's the only guy that has reached his ceiling this year. And it's a team that was given a, a blueprint, and they failed to follow the blueprint. And it's no, no defensive system has you pinching on a – 30% chance. There's no no blueprint has you not coming hard on a back check. No blueprint has you not taking sticks in front of the net or not being winning one-on-one -on -one battles. Those That's on the players. So I, I think Holland wears this. The coaching staff is, we'll probably talk about Woodcroft, but I agree with Struts. A lot of this is, is on the, the backs of the players. They did not play well enough. My last point on Holland here, and we'll move on. Nobody bats a 1,000, and Holland has some big, as he calls them, boo-boos on his resume. For sure he does. And part of his issue is those boo-boos 
are haunting the team big time right now, and that is the goaltending and some of the play of the D. But let's keep in mind, in over a stretch of time where we went through COVID, the cap didn't go up, and the expectation was for this team to improve year after year after year. He went out and added Zach Hyman. He went out and took a chance on Evander Kane, despite that being fairly risky. And he was able to grab that guy. His entire second pair on the blue line fell out from underneath him. Oscar Clefbaum, gone. Adam Larson, gone. Both of those somewhat unexpected. He had to adjust on the fly and keep his team competitive. Ken Holland has done some good things. Oh, and by the way, made the best trade in the NHL last season for Matthias Ekholm. He has done some very good things for this organization, but he has some bad boo-boos. And right now, people want to focus on those. I completely understand that. Mm -hmm. But to think that changing the GM right in this moment was going to get any different results on the ice for what's plaguing this team, maybe it'll happen, right? Maybe it'll happen, uh, but he's in the last year of his deal. You guys talked about the players. Let's talk about McDavid and Dreisaitl. Connor McDavid's not healthy, flat out. He's been working his way through something. Uh, he's been getting better, but he has not been playing healthy, and I think we need to point that out. But he and Leon Dreisaitl lead the way emotionally, lead the way uh, offensively for this team, and they have been shadows of themselves so far for most of the big moments of this season, guys. And as far as on-ice play goes, I would put that right up there with some of the deficiencies in goaltending as areas that have just killed this team and taken its mojo right out from underneath us. 29-97. and 97, naturally should and are going to wear a lot of this struts. Yeah, they are. I mean, they're, they're, they haven't just, we're, we're just so used to putting a massive amount of points and it, and it, and it kind of masks a lot of the issues. And it's funny, you're seeing a lot of the same things in Toronto right now. You know, you got maybe like Nylander and Matthews just going crazy some nights and the nights and then, the, but they're still getting scored on a ton. Right. So they're, they're, the, the Leafs aren't that much different than the Oilers. Um, I, I'm very interested to see what Knobloch does with these two guys. I can't stress enough. I don't think they should be on the same line. I, I will beat that one into the ground, put them on their own line, figure it out, boys. You need to lift up uh, your line mates, and those other guys can support you as well. But I, do you think the first thing he's going to do is come in and split up the line that got the Hattie and separate 97 and 29? That would be ballsy to step yeah. in and do that game one. Sure, but he's got to put his stamp on this team. He can't just <laughs> – when you go into a new team, you can't be like, well, that worked pretty well. Maybe I'll just do that. What is your vision for this team? Because the vision that they had is not or hasn't worked so far this year. It worked last year, but I, I just go in and I'm putting my blue pinch on the, 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 the I, I'm going to put what I think is right together, Brownie. Well, yeah, you are. But uh, that Hyman, Kane, Nugent Hopkins line was really good last game. Like, really, really good. If he's looking um, at that I, tape, he ain't changing that line. No, no. that So I, I think in a perfect world, yes, eventually Leon and Connor are going to be split up. But I, I don't think that has to be done on day one. I, I think that uh, Leon and Connor are both struggling right now. I, I've, I've never seen the number of turnovers, offensive turnovers by those two players. There would be times where I'd, I'd be sitting up in the press box and I would Connor would make a bad pass. I'm like, Hmm, that's the first bad pass he's made since oh probably 15 September. games. <laughs> yeah. yeah, like he doesn't like he never misses a pass. Same with Leon Drysettle. When have you ever seen Connor McDavid get stripped in the neutral zone on the power play and give up a breakaway? So uh you both players have talked about a lack of confidence. Both players, you can the frustration, their body language going off, and it's not frustration at teammates, it's not frustration at coaches. They're frustrated with the way that things have gone for them. And I 
And I have nothing, there's no problem with that at all. They're human. And when things don't go the way they expect, I mean, what's Connor, 190th in the league in scoring? I mean, this is a guy that's usually got a 60 point lead on everyone else. And now <laughs> he's looking up at, at players that he doesn't even know who they are and they're ahead of him in standing. So the one thing I'm not worried about is Connor and Leon getting back to where they are or where they're supposed to be. And that team, the team's going to get better simply because Connor and Leon are eventually going to start playing as they're capable of playing. But this team is so top-heavy and so reliant on those two players. What was it? Last night was only the eighth, or last game is only the eighth time in the history of Connor and Leon when they've had no points, the team has won. So it shows you the importance that they have to this team. So this team will get better simply because those two will get better at some point. But they have not had good starts to the season. Accountability is a group. Right, the head coach's job, and I, and I believe there's two main reasons why the why Jay Woodcroft is not coaching anymore. One, uh, he came in with the stated intention of changing some things and improving this team's ability to defend fundamentally, and whatever the reason, it failed miserably. They got significantly worse defending than they were before. Bad look for a head coach with a Stanley Cup contending team. It looks like he broke it. It looks like he broke it with whatever he did, whatever he tried. This group, the numbers were stunning. The goals against stunning inner slot shots, you know, high danger chances against they're near the bottom of the league in most of the metrics you use to decide. So that right there. And then the lack of accountability, you can't stand there every day and talk about it's not our system. It's mistakes. And then do nothing to try and rid your players of those mistakes throughout the lineup by way of accountability. He did not show a willingness to drive accountability home and to think outside the box on that front. I think those are the two of the main reasons why he is not the head coach anymore, Struds. Yeah, there's no doubt about it. But when you come in as a new coach, I believe everyone should get a fresh start. Everybody on the team. Because if the first time tomorrow Bouchard pinches badly or doesn't do a good defensive thing, you can't bench him right away. Because what really what's changed, right? It's got to be a clean, clean slate. I agree. Yeah. So, but you, you go in, you... I, Again, it's and and, and um, he talked about it, but uh, about Chris talked about you can't just change everything overnight. There'll make there'll, there'll be some areas they want to improve on, and, and but you say these are important areas I want to stress because these are my three points for the game. Um, you know, these are what we're going to work on. So those are areas. So let's say a player falters on whatever. Let's say it's a four check duty, and you say, okay, well, hey, hey, whatever, Rob Brown, like that's this is why we do this, how we do it. Now it's two or three games and he's still not doing it. That's when you drop the hammer on someone and you make the case early and say, this is how we play. This isn't going to be acceptable. This is how we play Brownie. Well, it's a great point by both you guys about accountability. And it's, we've talked on this show. I've talked on it with Reed on our show that the one thing that we wanted to see more of is holding players accountable. And, I, and I've, I've seen articles and heard people talk, well, you can't just bench a guy. If you're going to bench Bouchard for doing that, well, you got to bench McDavid or Leon or this guy or that guy for making mistakes. That's not what whole accountability is. When Cody Cece steps up and makes a bad pinch and they go down, you don't bench Cody Cece because you know why? Cody Cece doesn't do that very often. You don't bench mistakes. What you bench is repeated mistakes. Is when a guy's doing it over and over again and you show him video and you talk about it and he does it again. At some point, you've got to say, you know what? Enough is enough. And if you're not going to follow what we want as, as a team, now you're going to sit here and watch. Huberto got benched. Uh, JT Miller got benched. Last year, Cooper benched the, the Kucherov line. The best line. They've won two Stanley Cups. You have to send a message because if I'm watching this player go out there and do the same thing over and over and over again, well, now why am I following the script? Because he doesn't have to do it. 
The one game that Bouchard this year, they've moved him down to the third pairing after he had a really, really off game. The next game, when he was in that third pairing, he led the Oilers in ice time on the back end. That's not accountability. So I think what you have to do, you don't bench for mistakes. You bench for repeated mistakes. You bench for lack of effort. You bench for lack of discipline. Those are the things that you bench for. And you do it to everybody because there has to be accountability from top to bottom. Brownie, bringing it. His appearances, by the way, on the podcast brought to you by Kin Prince, helping you find creative ways to promote your brand. High quality apparel with top of the line brands. Visit kinprint.ca. Back to the Weiss Johnson Soundbox. What does the new guy think about accountability? Ken Holland, I asked him, do you think there was enough accountability under Jay Woodcroft? And he said, ah, he didn't really answer it. He said, you know, we talked about it. We talked about benching players in game. In the end, Woody never did it, but I was okay with that. And I understand why he didn't. Then I asked Chris Knobloch, what's your philosophy? Here's two pieces of his response. Uh, yeah, that's probably the most difficult thing with coaching is um, holding guys accountable because um, as a coach, you don't want your players playing in fear. You don't want them every time they're over the, uh, hit the ice over the uh, boards. Is this the shift that um, I make a mistake and I out of the lineup? If there is mistakes as a coaching staff, you got to be able to live with them. But if they're coaching staff or mistakes that happen over and over again, or if they're lazy mistakes, um, then obviously that's where you have to hold them accountable. And and the biggest part of holding uh, players accountable is just taking away ice time, whether they come out of the lineup or you withhold their next shift or is it a period or whatever it is. Um, ultimately, that's the uh, currency that a head coach has. Clean slate for everybody, Strudz. I completely agree with you, but... I'm going to have a lot of respect for Chris Knobloch if he draws a line in the sand about what is and is not acceptable on a championship-caliber team. It's not going to be easy to do. It's going to be hard. But I'll have a hell of a lot of respect for him if we see him doing it. And I'm not talking about benching McDavid and Dreisaitl. Last point on McDavid and Dreisaitl, guys, the offense is not coming, right? We understand that. When the offense is not coming, Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl need to lead the way with effort. They need to lead the way with attitude. They need to lead the way with body language. They need to lead the way with habits. They need to lead the way in a bunch of other areas. They are the emotional temperature of this team. If they do a better job of those things, it's going to force everybody else to, or the pretenders will be exposed. But as long as their effort and attention to detail lacks in some of these areas, it's going to be acceptable in this lineup. So who, who, who challenges them to do that? Who's the guy? It's got to be the new head coach. That's who Bang. it's got to be. Bang, right there. That's the guy. He has to say it. He has to go and he has a relationship with him already. You can't, we, you know, we, we talk about it all the time. Oh, we got to change this and change that. But someone's got to tell these guys that's where it's at. And not these guys, like every, every everyone in the lineup, you have to know where you stand, right? So you, if, let's say um, Koff is coaching the D-men. And, and Bouchard has, a, a, let's say, a, a lackluster effort on the defense end of the puck. Buddy, this is what we're doing wrong. This is what we want you to do it. He does it again. Bang. He sits. Just like that. Because you've explained to him. And it's clear what the expectations are. Um, you know, it was interesting. I thought that there were, you asked, I think it was you maybe asked him a question, Shogger, where um, Ken Holland. 
you know, what are, what are, or no, so it was Jeff Jackson, what he liked about Knobloch. And he said two things. I didn't ask um, him that, I, but go ahead. It wasn't you. Okay. Sorry. I, I don't mean to give you credit where you don't deserve it. Um, I, I think what it was <laughs> is, is, and he talked about there'll be, he liked that Knobloch has defined roles, defined roles. And I love that. I, I, I couldn't believe when I heard that because I look at this Oilers team. Does everyone have a defined role? Do they know what their job is? They don't because they don't play. They sit on the bench and watch other guys play. So I hope that there is a defined role for each player on this team. And if they don't live up to that role, then you can bring down the hammer of uh, expectations on them and, I, and have some sitting. I asked him if he had concern that neither of the guys he's putting in place have any experience to do the job that they're about to do. And they have so little margin for error with where they're at in the standings. And I think that's where he ended up taking the answer. Brownie. Okay. Well, I, 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 all I know is that my, I'm going to get a new um, phone where that when any rings, it's going to go bang. And it's going to go bang. <laughs> just like Struz. I'm going to get a little so sound. Struz is called Boom. bang. Um, I, I know that when I was a young player in Pittsburgh, uh, if things weren't going well, I would watch Mario's body language, and it would it would that would let me know how we were going to do in this hockey game, and because I mean, as as Mario went was the way we went. Seriously, if he was pouting on the bench or if he came off angry or, or however, I I watched that. And later in my career, it was Yarmir when he, we would watch, and Yarmir wasn't a great leader at that point, and he would go sit on the bench and he pout if he's mad at the coach. And I'm we're all like looking at him like, okay, this isn't good. We're down three here in the middle of the second period, and our superstar just took his gloves off and set him beside himself on the bench. <laughs> so yeah. to go what Shogger said is, yes, the players need the body language of Connor and Leon to be in a positive way because the rest of the players are watching. When the puck's not going in for them, they are watching to see how they approach the rest of the game. So it is very, very important. Okay, we're going long here, but if there were ever a day to go long, it's today. So I'm going to throw one more little wrinkle into this segment before we get to Struddy's world. Guys, there's an optic out there. And I'm going to lay it out for you. I'm not saying that this is necessarily what I believe, but there is a larger game at play here. And that game is the next two and a half, three years here in Edmonton and the two superstar players, right? This season, tanking the way it has, if it goes the wrong way and this ends up being a death march, to a missed playoff year, what does that mean for the future of Leon Dreisaitl? Is he all of a sudden less willing to put his name on a contract that keeps him a member of the Edmonton Oilers? And by extension, Connor McDavid's willingness to stick around if Leon Dreisaitl doesn't get that deal done. This season going in the tank potentially has a dramatic impact and a ripple effect on what happens next. And so what do we see? We see Jeff Jackson, Connor McDavid's agent, now running things. We now see Chris Knobloch, Connor McDavid's junior coach, behind the bench. Their main offseason acquisition, Connor Brown, Connor McDavid's junior teammate that has been brought in. One could very easily surmise that the organization is making decisions based on Connor McDavid's comfort level and trying to make him as comfortable as possible and increase the chances that he sticks around. I'm not as convinced of that, and Jeff Jackson did address that today. But that optic is there, guys, that these decisions are being made with Connor McDavid in mind, maybe in some cases above you know, basic hockey sense. Struds? Yeah, well, I think Knobloch's name has been kicked around for a number of head coaching jobs. How many um, shortlists would he be on if there were five jobs open? Right? Was he Is he a guy that would have been a shortlisted guy everywhere? 
Well, how far behind would he be than Ryan Huska? Like that, would, I guess he was an assistant coach in NHL, sure. so maybe a little bit different. But I, I think he would have been around there. I'm not an insider, but you know, obviously he didn't get the job. hasn't had a job yet till now, so maybe a little different. But so I think that it's not like they just pulled him out of nowhere. The thing about um, Connor McDavid, though, if you have the opportunity to hire smart people who have a previous relationship with 97, I don't think it's a bad idea to do it. I, I really don't. There's a comfort level there. Um, I know I would do it. And I think it happens in the NBA quite often. Uh, we bring that in. Um, and then, then the flip side of that is I'm not how many, how many coaches were actually available mid season like this that had current contracts. Cause maybe some teams didn't want to give up their American league coach or assistant coach off their team or whatever the case may be Brownie. Well, I, I, what, I don't care if it's optics or not. If, if I'm the ownership, the, I got two superstars. I'm going to do everything possible to make them want to stay here. I mean, this, this is the year. For the Oilers, because at the next summer they got to make a decision on Leon Draisaitl. He either signs, or then you decide if he's not going to sign long term. Do we keep him for a playoff run? Because he would fetch quite a bit for you if you're going to trade him. So this is the year yeah. they have to do things. And uh, if they, the, the people they brought in are quality people. So it's not like they went and hired uh, Connor McDavid's gardener and Leon Draisaitl's dog sitter. They brought in people that are qualified to do the jobs they're doing. But if there was two guys that were weighing this guy or that guy, well, this guy's got a little bit of uh, history with Connor McDavid. Damn rights I'm going to bring him in and do everything I can possibly to keep the two best players in the world here in Edmonton because you can build around them. So, yeah, I got no problem if, if that, that is in the back of somebody's minds, this larger picture uh, of keeping uh, Connor and Leon happy so that they want to stay around here. I don't think McDavid is behind the scenes, though, saying, I want this guy, I want that guy. I don't think he's trying to GM this team. I don't think McDavid wants to get overly involved in any of this. But it's just interesting. It's interesting the last number of decisions, big picture, that have been made. It seems to me the organization is keeping this firmly in mind. Here's Jeff Jackson today on uh, the relationship between Knobloch and McDavid and what it had to do with this. So the fact that you know Chris was Connor's coach in Erie in 2014-15, it it only has something to do with this because I think Chris Knobloch's a very good coach. <clears throat> uh, Connor didn't have anything to do with this decision, and neither did the other uh, leadership group. <clears throat> okay, that was Takeaways brought to you by Redefined Health. Uh, on the other side of the break, Strutty's World. Uh, short break, and then ask us anything. The comments have been flying in on the stream uh, so we're going to get to that and ask us anything. Brownie, are you going to stick around for Strutty's World? Or I know you've been trying to get this segment well, canceled, but uh, you said we were going long tonight. There's an easy way of cutting back seven minutes or 12 minutes or whatever he rambles. We could have easily got rid of Strutty's World tonight and finished on time. I'm sure the fans would be happy. But before I go to break, let me slide this in. Can someone please get Jeff Jackson a lozenge? That guy has more <laughs> coughing in his throat every time he talks. <clears throat> He's got he's the guy's got something wrong with this throat. I don't know if he's got a cough. There's been a lot of coughs going around, but lozenge. I use fisherman friends. Cherry flavor. How are the lips? Does he need lip balm too, Strutty? I don't want that's very intimate. I would never comment on that. I just stick to the the throat clearing. Brownie, <laughs> I like how Strutz didn't even try and defend himself. He just ignored your comments no, and moved on to something else completely. I'm gonna start calling him Holly, just like my wife. Just ignore my words. That's all yeah. you are. From now on, just, Holly just, Strudwick. You're just droning on in the background. Strutty's world coming up. Very short break. Stay with us. The Edmonton Sport and Social Club is YEG's top destination for adult recreational sports. 
offering over 20 different options, including ball hockey, indoor volleyball, pickleball, and now ice hockey. For all you fans out there looking to lace them up for the first time or get back into the game after a few years off, like Strutty. Sign up by December 13th for the winter season beginning mid-January at edmontonsportsclub.com. Long Shots Golf is the destination for both golf enthusiasts and sports fans. Top-of-the-line TrackMan simulators provide a highly entertaining and accurate golf experience, while a full-service sports bar loaded with big screens and scratch kitchen make it a truly unique destination. They have locations in Sherwood Park and Edmonton. Experience the best indoor golf and sports bar in town. Visit longshots.ca. That's longshots with a Z.ca. If you own or operate a business, you know the value of a great employee. Just ask Shogger. Pathfind is here to help you find your next star player to help take your business to the next level. Pathfind can help with recruitment, career transition, leadership coaching. They truly have your whole team covered. Building you a championship caliber roster, find your team's path forward at pathfind.ca. Winter is upon us, so why not make the best of it? Marmot Basin Ski Resort is where it's at. Ski half price every day, no blackout periods. Pick up your escape card for 99 bucks and make winter fun more affordable. Half the price, all the powder. Get yours at www.skimarmot.com. When you make a mistake, heads should roll it's not right, and I'm here, someone has to put their foot down. Now that I say it out loud, it does sound a little crazy. Gotta look good. <laughs> Your face is just ridiculous in that picture. Time now for Strutty's World, brought to you by DLR Vinyl Products. Locations in Calgary and in Edmonton. DLR provides beautiful maintenance-free vinyl, fencing, and decking material. The key is maintenance-free, right? There's still time to squeeze in that maintenance-free fence if you have a couple of weeks left here before the snow falls. The beauty, the beautiful thing is there's no painting, no sanding, no staining, none of that elbow grease, right? You put it in, it stays in, it's beautiful from the day you put it in, and you don't need to worry about it. So Rob runs the branch in Calgary. Brother Rick runs the branch here in Edmonton. Give them a call. Worst case scenario, they'll give you some good chirps about me that you can now bring on the stream and fire at me. DLRVinylProducts.ca. Struds, Brownie and I are listening intently, buddy. Bring it. <clears throat> <laughs> Anyways, uh, I, I think there's a, a big thing we're missing out on. We haven't talked about. Obviously, you know, they were asked about... Uh, some of the areas about playing defense, about uh, you know who who's in charge of what and what's making things happen, but who is going to run the penalty kill? The penalty kill is at seventy percent. Thank God the Minnesota Wild are in the league. They gave up five power play goals tonight on eight attempts. Take them down to sixty-seven percent. That'd be a nightmare giving up five power play goals. Absolute nightmare. My understanding was Dave Mansing that was running before. We know Gully runs the power play. Uh, I think Mark Stewart, um, you know, he's kind of the 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 eye in the sky, though he's on the bench lately, and that might change now with Knobloch, but he he probably has a, just kind of drifts around and is kind of learning. Then Pelche and 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 um, Schwartz, we know what they do. So who's going to take on the penalty kill? Because the penalty kill is not good enough. Your power play can be amazing, can be 30%, 25%, whatever, 30%. 
But if you're giving up one goal basically every three times on a penalty kill, that's not good enough. So I can't wait to see who takes this on. I think it's unlikely that Paul Coffey will take this on. I see him more as a an offensive type guy talking about the power play, uh, although he and maybe he and Galil collab on that. I'm not sure. Again, Mark Stewart, maybe he'll be able to take this on. He's a little more experienced, but not a ton of experience running specialty teams programs for NHL teams. So that leaves the new guy, Chris Knobloch, the head coach, who's going to be pretty busy already doing a lot of things. Do head coaches work on those things sometimes? Yes. It's unusual, I believe, for a head coach to run it full on. This is his job all the time on top of everything he does. So guys, I think the penalty kill is one area that we should really be focusing on and thinking about because it has not been up to the standard required uh, even to be average throughout the league, boys. <coughs> Excuse me. <laughs> Clearing my throat. Is he oh, done? Just, Brownie, you didn't Brownie. hear me. I just put Is he done? Back. I yeah, just texted you my full list of everything I said, Brownie. Read it. Um, I, I think you're going to talk about uh, penalty killing, and you're going <laughs> to discuss um, – I don't know. I didn't get the memo, but discuss who's, who's going to do it now. Well, to be honest, it doesn't really matter because it can't get any worse. So whoever takes over the new job, it, it can only go up. Um, you sure about it, it, that? I, you sure <laughs> there, bud? Okay, well, they're thir- what are they, 31st yeah. place? I don't know what they are. Just to be clear, they were 25th last year at 75%. 30th this year, they've fallen to 70% this year. It can so get worse. I guess it's, it can get worse, but I mean, it's not like it's a great loss. I mean, there's things that Dave Manson did that were fantastic for this team and Woodcroft sure. as well. But penalty killing wasn't one of them. Now, could it be the uh, players that they have? The, the one thing that, to me, whoever takes over the penalty killing unit, whoever comes up with the, the next system, to me, there's one thing they have to, to make better is getting in shooting lanes. Oh. That's the biggest thing for me that I, when I watch the opposition teams, watch when the Vancouver came, Quinn Hughes, every one of his shots got through. Yeah. Um, the Oilers do not do a good enough job when they're killing penalties of getting in the shooting lane. Everything gets through. So now the battle, instead of being at the blue line, the battle is always in the blue paint. So yeah. I don't, as as I don't know who's going to take over, but to me, whoever you put out on the unit, they've got to get in shooting lanes. And here's a great chance uh, that Knobloch was said to be very good at finding roles for players. Here's, you are a penalty mm-hmm. killer. Derek Ryan, here you are. Photo, here you are, and whoever it is, you have a role now, and go out there and do it to your best. Because I, as I know for from experience, that if a coach has trusted me to do something and gives me a specific role, I'm going to make sure I do that role to the best. And I agree. I don't think the Oilers understand their roles as well as they probably should. I wonder if the big guys are going to kill penalty still struds under Knobloch. <sighs> Well, first off, I want to split him onto different lines. Then we'll worry about the penalty kill. <laughs> He's not I, doing... I don't think they should. Do you want to know why? Let's, let's be honest. For what Brownie just said, we don't need Connor McDavid get blowing his foot off, blocking a shot, right? Like, I get you're trying to get offense from your penalty kill, but you don't need it. You need to kill the penalty. That's the job. That's job number one. Hmm. Yeah, let, let one of the other players blow his foot out. One of the yeah. bad players strides. Yeah, Good point. Send the meat wagon out there to just kill the penalty. Your <laughs> foot blows off. Nobody cares. Oh, man, Strudwick got hurt. Okay, good. Now we can call up somebody else. <laughs> Makes total sense. That was Strudy's World brought to you by DLR Vinyl Products. Brownie, that wasn't bad today. That was that was 
That was worth listening well, to at least. The three seconds that I, when I put them back in, that last three seconds is really good when he said, let's go to you, Brownie. I know it's not true. You love it. Don't even pretend. <laughs> I liked it, Struddy, and I was laughing with you when you opened up with the cough. Even if you couldn't hear us, I, I was supportively laughing with you, but we're not going to let this new guy bully you out of your great new segment, Struddy. I got your back, buddy. I got you. Time now for Ask Us Anything. You've been waiting patiently on the stream. Well, actually, you haven't been waiting. You've been blowing the stream up big time. Brought to you by Match Eatery and Public House. Holiday gifting just got better at Match. Purchase a $50 gift card, receive a bonus $10 card, and two match-branded beer sleeves. Gotta love that. Gift cards available in the restaurant and at matchpub.com. Match Pub, your ice district dining destination. Great spot if you're on your way to the game or if you want to stop for a cold one after the game. Conveniently located. Okay, Steve, hop on in, bud. And uh, uh, one sec here. <laughs> Uh, which one of us is going to address what we're seeing here with Steve, guys? <laughs> which part? To, to which one of us is? <laughs> the Albertans wouldn't understand. It's a BC I, thing. Well, you just, the beard? Uh, Are you talking about the beard or the hat? There's a lot going on there. I well, don't know where it's <laughs> the, 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 the indoor toque, I think, would be the first question, Steve. Is that? Uh, you know why? I'll young. tell you the reason why right now. Because I was proudly wearing an Oilers baseball cap, and I went, "Oh, I probably don't want to wear an Oilers hat on this show." So I yeah, reached what was on the floor beside no, me, which no. was a toque. Is that all right? Does well, that toque have a pom pom on it? There's no pom nine. There's no see, pom pom. No, 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 I like the way you're you're wearing it kind of loose too, and off your ears. Like, what's the point of it if it's not on your ears, right? I mean, fashion really before function. Fashion before yeah. function, boys. You wouldn't Super understand. fashionable. Yeah, Between that toque and that beard, if you grab that guitar, you'll have hearts melting, <laughs> <Yeah>. buddy. Start <laughs> playing some Dave Matthews. <laughs> ah, we love you, buddy. Zuby's yeah. back from vacation tomorrow, so we got to give it to you here a little bit. Yeah, What's the mood do. on the stream, buddy? I can I can guess. I've seen it. Yeah, it's quite the mood, especially after uh, you know a big Oilers win last night. I was like, oh, cool, the Oilers won. We'll have a fun, happy, positive stream for the next show. But uh, yeah, not so much. Uh, so yeah. Um, Siggers asks, Struddy and Brownie, new coach mid-season. Is that a breath of fresh air or a distraction? Or is it Go ahead, Brownie. It's not a distraction. It's, uh, as I said earlier, you feel guilty as a player. I've been there. Uh, someone lost their, their job. Even, even coaches I didn't like or didn't like me, you felt bad. But this is a guy, and there's a lot of them. Uh, this is a, a guy that the coaches or the players seem to like. And... The, again, you, a coach doesn't get fired if you're playing well. So this is one where the, the, the players are going to feel pretty pretty yucky when they come to the rink tomorrow. Yeah, I remember when Mike Keenan got fired, I just looked at the rest of the room and look what you guys did. <laughs> look what you did. <laughs> I don't plan enough to have been part of this. I can't believe you guys were this bad. No, you yeah. know what it is? It, it gets your attention, man, because you have no idea where you fit in the hierarchy of his plans. You could move up, you could move down, you could stay neutral, you could be gone. Who knows? It's really it so it immediately is an attention grabber for for every every single player and goalie in that lineup. Steve, is it okay? I'm gonna grab the next one here. Just sure. came in from Mike Smith. Another question: Does the panel think Holland should have lost his job? Or is that happening in a de facto sense? And formally firing him would have been an empty gesture. I think that kind of captures it to a degree. He's in the last year of his deal. Firing Ken Holland right now, it's not really good. Like, they're clearly all making decisions together, slash Jeff Jackson is making these decisions. It'll be the same at the trade deadline. 
right? Hall of Fame career coming to an end here. This will be his last year. Punting him out the door and firing him when really Jeff Jackson's going to be at the helm anyways, Struds. I just view this as it kind of de facto is happening as we speak. And and with those guys basically at the wheel anyways, really would that have been the way to do it? Yeah, and let's look at this. Let's assume that Jeff Jackson is running the show, doing it all. It can't hurt for him to have someone who's been that experienced at a GM position because Jeff Jackson's never been in that position, right? He's been on the other side. But on the other side, you're trying to get as much as you can for your player. This, you're trying to do the best for organization. So two different things, Brownie. I agree. And uh, you, the last question was about, is it a distraction for a coach? It would be a distraction if they were to have fired Holland today. That would have been a distraction in the dressing room. So uh, he's going to be around. He's going to be, uh, they're a group making decisions now. I think the best best scenario was him to stay the rest of the year and try to figure this out with the entire manager group making decisions together the next general manager of this team is going to be an extremely important hire right really important he's got a lot to navigate his way through and if i i believe they're working on a succession plan as we speak right but those pieces aren't in place yet so this would have had to have been jeff jackson taking over the role and to your point struds you know to to punt ken holland out for jeff jackson to take it over admittedly having had done the job the job before you know, he, he's on his way out here. And I think keeping him around through this, while it's difficult for fans who are blaming Holland so voraciously and perhaps fairly so, um, he had a pretty good trade deadline last season, I would say. Steve? All right. Master Uguay35 says, can't wait to see the new coach bump and the regret potential regression. Do you believe the expectations have been lowered with the changes? And if so, should Oilers fans accept it? I believe the Oilers are at this point where they can just worry about one game at a time. You know, the idea of trying to take a run at a, a division title are, are, are so far away. You've just got to get back in a playoff race. I'm not talking about getting into the playoffs, but playoff race. So I think that the expectations are one day at a time, try to get your feet underneath you and try to build your game up, Brownie. Well, I think that's what the Oilers are thinking. But I, I think the question is about what the fans think. As we fans, should we change what oh. we're our expectations are that's the way i heard it and to me it's i I've, i said after they lost against san jose last week uh the, to me the Oilers are still a playoff team it's still the same team that started the season we all expected to make a run at the stanley cup i've i think they're gonna get back on track i think that there will be a bit of a coach's bump i believe this team is good enough because for a couple of reasons a the team that we saw play last year they're still here and b i don't think the western conference is deep I think they got four or five really good teams. And there's a whole bunch of other teams. And I think the Oilers are going to be the best of the other teams and will make the playoffs. So my expectations haven't changed. All right. Martin Swar or, uh, Martin Ferguson asks about Dustin Schwartz and why he always uh, avoids scrutiny. So a lot of comments on the stream about, about Dustin. And uh, yeah, do you guys want to comment on that? Yeah, of course. He, I mean, he's been here through a lot of different staffs, right? And the goaltending for years has been a topic in this town, sometimes for the right reasons, sometimes for the wrong reasons. Uh, I think that too much change at any given time, you got to be careful, right? Like, who are, you go who are you bringing in to do that job? You can hire another team's AHL head coach, but you're not hiring another team's goalie coach. You're not just going and grabbing somebody. So you got to have the right person in place if you're going to make that change. With that said, I don't think it would have hurt. Right. If you want to change the dynamic for the goaltenders, change the messaging. Uh, if you're in a desperate state and you need to shake something loose, that is an option that has been available to them for whatever reason they have decided not to. But Struds, 
He's had some pretty good results with Stuart Skinner up until this year, and that matters too. It makes no sense to me to make any move unless you're going to upgrade what you think you have, right? right. So if, if you're going to change the goalie coach, and, and whether that's a good idea or not, I, I really don't know because I'm not watching him you know, intimately every day. But just to do it, just to do it, then to, if you hire someone you don't think is as good, then why make that move? Ultimately, I think there should be the, the decision of Chris Knobloch once he gets through the year. Yeah, I agree 100%. This is going to be a coach's decision, but it's one that will happen at year end, not during the middle of the season. All right. Ian Patterson says, I like coffee on the bench. He knows a thing or two about how to play with the best players in the world. Gretz, Mess, Mario, Eiserman, et cetera. Uh, comments on the importance of that? It might work. It might work. I mean, I don't know. I mean, his impact on these guys, we might be underestimating it. You know, there'll be, it'll definitely be attention grabbing. Feels a little odd, doesn't it? And I said that off the top of the podcast, but it might work, Brownie. I don't know. Well, I mean, his job coming in isn't harder than what Martin St. Louis had to do in Montreal. And he came in as a, what, a peewee coach and went and coached the Montreal Canadiens <laughs> as a head coach. Great, so, point. Uh, Great point. Paul Coffey, Paul Coffey's got an incredible knowledge of the game. He's a guy that, if you went up there and he would go, Strides, I remember playing against you. You wore these skates and you wore these gloves. He knew everything. Like, there was every detail. I think Paul Coffey is going to be good on the bench. He's not the head guy. He's there to lend a help. And he's got instant credibility on the bench. If he says something to you, you're going to listen. It's like Rick Talkett in Vancouver. Somebody that's been there in all situations and had success. Yeah, for sure. I think that the big thing for him would just be communicating what he sees and wants the D-men to do to the players so they understand it, right? I think that's that's sometimes elite players' Achilles heel. They just think we all should see what great players see. We don't. <laughs> <laughs> see? I got a side note on Paul Coffey, though. I, yep. I played with him for three years. Coff would wear uh, Jim Johnson's. A defenseman. He was actually was assistant coach here for the Oilers. He would wear his skates in practice because they were size eight and a half. And then he would wear size six and a half in games. He wore uh, skates that were two sizes too small for himself. His toes were like this inside the skates. I mean, it, it's unbelievable. It's so uncomfortable. He could huh. barely walk from the dressing room to the ice because he had so much pain because that's what he had to do. But he always wore Jim Johnson skates in practice because they were two sizes bigger. Well, no wonder Jim Johnson size. never fully realized his potential. He wasn't allowed to practice because <laughs> Coff used his skates. So he only played games. Is that is that what we're to understand? You imagine what Coffee's I think that's exactly like? what we're trying to understand. Coffee's toes probably are awful. He probably never wears open-toed shoes. <laughs> There's a question for you, Ryan, next time you have a, uh, an interview. Sure. Coff, can we see yeah. your... Hey, see, get him on the, the, the podcasting. He just bring his... <laughs> Show his feet and show everybody. Have hammer toes. 100%. The tough questions, yeah. Okay. Uh, so Stuart Rosno represents a lot of people on the pod who are saying, or on the stream, rather, who are saying, guys, I get that Jackson um, is what he said today, but do you really believe that McDavid wasn't consulted on the coaching change? I have a really tough time believing that. I know it's hard to speculate, but. Yeah, I'll go. Knows? I mean. Go I'll, ahead, I'll go. I think you'd have a conversation with him. And I don't think you would ask him, do you want us to? I don't think you would take his temperature. You would get a sense for how the group's attentiveness is. And I think you would you would touch base with a player of that importance level. I don't know that you make this in a complete vacuum. Now, Jeff Jackson maybe didn't. Ken Holland maybe did. Who knows, right? If those two were communicating about who's going to have what conversations. But Strud's, I would be surprised 
if there weren't any conversations with McDavid all uh, at all about something that would be pretty obvious to Connor why they were asking. Yeah, but let's be clear. Like the, the, the GM and the coach are often talking to their veteran players. Even when things are going good, sure. you know, how are things going? How are the team? How's this guy doing? How's he doing? What's going on with this guy at home? Like there's always those little like – just check-ins, right? And even I, I was a you know a, a bottom third player in the league. They'd come check in with me, see how I thought of things are going and what was going on with the team. So it's not like this is unheard of territory we're talking about, especially when things are going bad. Those things seem to happen more often, Brownie. Well, you're, he's Stretch is right. He was in the bottom third of the NHL. So <laughs> as for the finally, for, yeah, the goal, funny. <laughs> Uh, this podcast uh, they, is breaking apart. We're not allowed. They would have certainly together. talked. They would have. They would have talked to Connor, but they would never have given him the decision because he sure. wouldn't have wanted it. You. You do not want to fire somebody, so they wouldn't said, "Hey, should we get rid of Woodcroft?" No, but they would have asked what it's like, what's going on in the room. One hundred percent. You want to have know that as a GM and as a uh, going forward. Um, Couple more, Steve. Oh, sure. Mike Smith says this is the mother of all dice rolls. We'll see how this plays out because the optics are really, really bad and. Ryan Bradley piggybacks on that. So he says, feels absurd to have a rookie NHL coach be the one sitting in the driver's seat through the final years of McDavid's contract, the years that will shape his decision on staying or going. Just nuts. I mean, they had success with Jay Woodcroft, but he had had a tremendous amount of experience in the National Hockey League, like tons and tons of experience, and it worked with him. Respectfully to Chris Knobloch, he hasn't had the years in the league, um, but he's won. Um, and he has experience with your most important player. There's a comfort level with Jeff Jackson. Jackson funneled a lot of his players through Erie, and he talked about that today as well. But first-timer, boys, there's inherent risk with that, Brownie, whenever you make that call. Yeah, that's a, a great question. Um, you're rolling the dice. I, I think you, you don't know. You don't know what the future holds, but I think that they wanted to go outside the box. I mean, they could have brought... There's only so many coaches you can bring in right now. Glant would have been um, a safer pick. For sure, he would have been a safer hire. Oh, 100%. But it's also someone that's moved on from his last three teams yeah. and fairly fairly quickly and without huge success. So uh, I've got no problem with who they picked. Um, and I guess we'll, we'll know in about 70 games from now whether or not it was the right move or not. I will say this. I would feel better if this had been done this summertime uh, and he could have had a whole new staff and had a time to get going. Jumping in mid-ship for your first time, I think that's difficult. Uh, Chris Parrish says, rumor came out that the Oilers were in conversation with a big, their word, not mine, move with a goalie, and Campbell was not a part of it. Any information or speculation on that? No, I mean, Ken Holland said today that he was looking. I mean, he's not doing his job if he's not talking to the Predators on Saros um, or on Askarov. He's not doing his job if he's not talking to the, the Sharks on, on Blackwood. He's not doing his job if he's not asking around on all the goaltenders that could potentially be available. So one thing we know about Ken Holland, he's busy on his phone and he has lots of conversations. But as he said today, Brownie, tough to make a deal 12 games into the regular season. Teams are pretty set in the early going here. Well, they don't know what they have, a lot of the teams. Outside of, you know, Chicago or, or San Jose, uh, teams don't know what they're going to do or what where they're going to be. So trades, big trades don't come till later. And again, you've got to find a dance partner that has what you want. And also, you have to have something they want because it's money for money. You, we don't. There's no extra money that you can say, okay, we're going to bury this guy down here. We're going to bring in another guy at $4 million. So... This is a trade ain't coming to for quite a while, I don't believe. And if it's, I think 
I mean, Skinner's going to be the guy for quite a while here. That was Ask Us Anything, brought to you by Match, Eatery, and Public House. Final segment of the day. Struddy, I don't know if you have one in mind, or Brownie, if you have one in mind, but we're going to get to Gem O the Day, brought to you by Edmonton's most iconic home for everything sports, United Sport and Cycle. It is definitely your home for hockey, right? They got everything you need to outfit yourself or the young hockey player in your family. Check out their extensive collection of gear. Try before you buy, get fitted for new stuff, or get a current piece of equipment updated and repaired. Visit www.unitedsport.ca. Strud, you got a gem well, of the day, I, bud? Or go ground, ahead, you do? Well, I, I think Struds and I both got it. I think we we both had the exact same thing. We both felt that Struds was in the bottom third of the National Hockey League. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we can we can do that. Oh, good timing on the on the on the music there, Steve. Uh, yeah, I think that was a pretty good one. I mean, there's a lot of clips that were pretty strong today too. Um, but let's go with lighter fare in our ass in our gem of the day. Struddy, did you have one? Yeah, mine, mine was uh, Jeff Jackson, not his coughing, but uh, the fact that he said that Knobloch assigns roles to every player. I think that is something that the bottom six are desperate to hear and they're desirous of. This is going to be fascinating. We'll hear from the players. I'll be down at the morning skate tomorrow. So we'll hear from the main players involved. This is not going to sit well with them. We'll see how this motivates the group. By the way, Struddy, one last thing we got to get to. We've had a lot of people really concerned about you on the podcast. <laughs> so people feel that I slash we are being too mean to you. This has been brought up to me multiple times. People in my family have asked, yeah. like, are you sure Struddy's okay? We had someone on the stream just say, did Rob really take his headphones out? That is disrespectful to Struds. It is. Steve, we went at you for that goofy hat you have on. I just think we need to put people's minds at ease here, guys. Struds, are you okay? I'm sorry. What did you guys say? I, I stopped paying attention <laughs> oh. at some point there. Uh, we're still on? Yeah, we're still on. Are you okay? Do you want to come back, Struddy? No, I I, I honestly, you, a lion doesn't concern themselves with the emotions of the sheep. So I, I don't know. I, I guess the you guys sheep, the sheep. When does a lion attack a sheep? Yeah. That's the kind of places I hang out in. Steve, are you are you good too, buddy? Were we too hard on you about the hat? How no, are your spirits, no, buddy? no. You bring it on. Bring it on. Okay, yes. bring it on. All right, put your minds at ease. We're all getting along here on Got Your Back. It's the Positive Energy Pod, right? Thanks for your downloads and your subs, guys. Great job tonight. Thank you. Good night. <laughs> okay. Awkward ending, Strud. <laughs> Uh, appreciate your downloads and your subscriptions. We'll drop a podcast after the game tomorrow night as well. Have yourselves a great night. Are there brighter days ahead? Well, they potentially start tomorrow. <laughs>